and you can grab your seat. I'm super excited about this upcoming season. And hey, just a note, we might not have the 6 p.m. service for a little while, but man, we have not, it's not like, okay, we're knocking off to the end of the year, right? We've packed the year with the rest of the year with some really exciting stuff, some great opportunities to see people come along to church, maybe even hear the Christmas message for the first time. So come on, let's not just like switch off. Oh, this is the last one. Let's actually be really leaning in and excited for what God's going to do over this next month. And December is the best month, if I'm honest. I'm born in December, so I can say that. Everyone kind of claims their birthday month is the best month, right? Is that, is that just me or does everyone do that? Yeah, like I would fight someone over the fact that December is the best month. Um, and I would maybe take some cheap shots and say, well, it's Jesus's birthday too. Um, it's, not, it's not just about me. Uh, but no, I love, I love December. It's an amazing time of year. And I guess that's a bit what I want to want to speak about this evening is as we're kind of entering into this Christmas season. I, I think Christmas is such an amazing time. Uh, I know for me, some of my earliest memories of Christmas are waking up extremely early on Christmas morning, getting excited for presents. Did anyone else wake up really early at Christmas time? And I can imagine in hindsight now that this was a great frustration for my parents, you know, kids waking up at 4 a.m., like, where are the presents? And so my, my parents actually employed a pretty interesting strategy of we, we used to have these stocking, like stockings that would get left on the end of our bed on Christmas Eve. So we'd wake up in the morning and there'd be a stocking like this big full of presents at the bottom of bed. Now, they were all like, you know, 50 cent toys from Crazy Clark's. Shout out uh, Sam's Warehouse when it was still around. They were all like super cheap things. But what mum and dad used to do, they, they put it out. And I guess the first few years, we must have opened them really cr- quickly and then be like, all right, let's get to the main meal. Let's get, under the, let's get under the tree. And so what they used to do is they would just get tape and wrap and wrap and wrap these tiny little toys. You know, like those golden uh, chocolate coins. Did anyone, does anyone eat those? Is that a Christmas thing? for anyone else, like just the cheapest chocolate that exists. Um, me and Talitha often have disagreements about this. She likes the finer things in life. She, she only eat it if it's Cadbury. I'm like, nah, give me Red Robin. Give me the cheapest chocolate you can find. I'm, I'm all down for, for that. And they used to wrap them super tight and, and it would take us literally like two hours to open up all the presents as we, and then finally at a more acceptable hour that mum and dad would get up and but I remember that, like, just that sense of expectation and, and joy, even as we hit December, just being like, oh, I'm so excited for Christmas. I'm so excited for Christmas. And, and I think it's appropriate because I think that Christmas really is a time for joy. Christmas is a time for celebration. It's a time, I think, that as Christians, we should be owning Christmas. Uh, I always find it kind of conflicting when I meet someone who's a Christian, but they're like, yeah, I'm just a bit of a Grinch. It's like, bro, the whole world is singing songs about Jesus. We should be getting behind that. Like, this is the easiest time of the year to sing songs about Jesus publicly. We get away with that at this time of year. I think we should be big Christmas fans because it's all about celebrating a God of joy, God who is for joy. And I really believe that it's not just some sentimental thing that happens at Christmas time. I really believe that even this year, maybe that's not been your experience. Maybe you haven't had a year that you'd say is full of joy. I really believe that even in a moment that God can touch you with his joy, 
that you can have a fresh feeling of joy, that you could even leave this place this evening just looking excitedly forward into your week. Instead of leaving here with that Sunday-itis of, oh no, it's work tomorrow, you could actually leave here excited about this week because God's done something in your heart. Not because anything's changed out there, but because God can touch you with His joy in a moment. Christmas is about joy. And I think there's something powerful that, that happens when we all come together with joy. Because joy can actually really help us through even the tough times. You know, it talks about in the Bible, it talks about us running our race in, in um, Hebrews. And it talks about running with endurance. And it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy set before him, awaiting him, he endured the, endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. It's like, how can we get through the tough time? Well, look to Jesus. Jesus was like, it's joy. Joy is the key to get through the challenge. He went through the cross white because of the joy that was awaiting him. There's something powerful about joy. There's another scripture that talks about the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, sometimes joy gets written off as this, it's a nice feeling, you know, it's being happy, happy. But joy is actually something powerful down in your soul. If you can get joy on the inside, it's actually strength. You, you know this. Have you seen anyone who maybe they have this, that genuine joy and it's just like keeps them real steadfast, even through all the challenges? Hey, good news. God wants you to experience joy like that. Joy is super powerful. It's super important. And, and I guess that's why I want to speak about it this evening, because I think we live in a generation of people who are desperate for some real joy. They're desperate just to experience some real wholesome joy, right? Some, and, and I think we look at our generation, they're looking everywhere for it. They're trying all these different things just to try find some joy in life. And the good news is, is that we actually know of and have access to what I've called the message tonight is generation changing joy. Because I actually think the way that we make a big impact in our generation is not necessarily by standing on street corners and, and preaching at people, but it's by showing them that they too can have access to the joy that comes through Jesus. That we have got good news. That's what the gospel is. Good news for all men. Is that the scripture or is that the, is that the scripture or a song? It's probably both. Sometimes it's hard with the Christmas songs and scriptures, right? It's like, hang on, was that the carol or was that the scripture? And it's like, I, I rate the scripture over the carol, you know. Whoever wrote the carol obviously didn't read the scripture, you know. You know those movies, it's like they obviously didn't read the book because in the book that didn't happen. Generation, generation changing joy. I think it's so important for us to remember and to know that God's heart is actually that we have joy. God's heart is to bring joy to us. I don't know if you've ever met, um, have you ever met someone who's just like a bit of a killjoy? Does anyone know? Maybe, and if, maybe if you don't know someone, maybe it's you. Stop being, no, no. Um, and you know that person is just like, they, they just kind of want to, it seems like all they want to do is stop fun happening. Someone who just wants to ruin the fun. Uh, I remember this experience in high school when I was, maybe it was like grade eight or grade nine. And me and the boys, we found a wasp nest and we thought it'd be a good idea to like throw tennis balls at the wasp nest. And we kind of spent a couple of minutes throwing tennis balls at it and the wasps were getting all angry. And I remember this teacher coming around and being like, oi, stop it. What are you doing? And I remember feeling like, what a killjoy. Like we were just out for a good time. 
she was here to spoil all the fun. Uh, it's funny in hindsight, it's like, actually, she was trying to protect us. But, but I think people kind of have this image of God, like he's some kind of killjoy. It's like, yeah, you know, all the fun things in life, he doesn't want you to do that. Like what it means to be a Christian is you stop doing fun stuff and you get on your knees and you pray more. It's like, no, God's heart is actually to bring you a real and genuine joy. That is God's heart for you. And there's a show a story that I think really shows the heart of God in Luke 15, 4-7. And it says, Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? When, you, when found, you can be sure that it, it would be put across your shoulders, rejoicing. And when you get home and call your friends and neighbours saying, Celebrate with me. I found my lost sheep. Count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one, sinner rescu- one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people who have no need of rescue. It's, it's talking about this kind of party when somebody who didn't know Jesus finds Jesus. God's saying, there is a party in heaven when that happens. Like, we're not just like, finally, good, they did it. We were praying for them for a long time. They're like, celebrate, come on, get the streamers out. It's time to party. They found me or we found them. It's this big celebration that happens. And I think it really shows the heart of God. The heart of God God is joy. The heart of God is celebration. The heart of God is to throw a party when good things happen. It's, it's, It's the heart, it's the very nature of God is to bring joy. It's to bring joy. He said, I love how it says, it's like he calls up people and says, it's time to celebrate. Can you imagine? Like this is just in, in your imagination. It's like God in heaven. He's like calling up all the angels and he's like, yeah, we're going to get down. We're going to party. Like he's getting everyone excited. He's rejoicing because God's heart is to bring joy. God's heart's not to bring guilt and sadness. God's heart is to bring joy. And I just encourage you, if you're feeling that, like this, this guilt and this, this sadness and this like, like this, like I'm so bad, that, that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that you would be filled with joy. The heart of God is to bring joy to you. If you're feeling that, it's not, it's not from God. God brings joy. And, and I think it's really important that we get this right and we understand this, that, that God is actually about joy. Because I think when the world looks at what we believe, they don't seem to pick up on the fact that God's heart is to bring joy. And so I think it's really important that we really understand that. God's heart is that you would be full of joy. I love Psalm 68 uh, verse 6 in the New Living uh, Translation. It says, God places the lonely in families. I mean, we could just stop there. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? God places the lonely in in families. I wonder if you're here this evening, don't have to raise your hand, but maybe that's your story, that actually through church, you actually found a family. You're actually lonely and God placed you in a family. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And it goes on, it says, he sets the, prison, he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Isn't that beautiful? God sets the lonely in families and he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Isn't that awesome? That, that people, you know, and, and we see so much with people who are maybe not literally prisoners, but they're prisoners to this sense of hopelessness or they're prisoners to something that somebody said about them when they were a kid or they're prisoners to this just feeling of inadequacy. 
They're prisoners to this shame or this guilt. And God says, I have come to set them free and give them joy. Hey, that could be your story here this evening. If you feel like you're trapped by something, God wants to give you freedom and He wants to fill you with joy. Don't we serve a good God? And the lonely in families. I love that church is that. I, I think that the church is, is a family. And I think that, that God's real intention for us at this Christmas time it is for us to be together. I think there's so much power when we are together and we're full of joy. When we bring our joy and we come together. So I'll just like I put a few questions through this so we can kind of apply it as we go. But I wonder, is your imagination of God a joy killer? Uh, sorry, a joy killer, yeah, or a joy bringer? Is your imagination of God, when you, when you think about God, when you think of the way that God works, does He look like a killjoy? Or does He look like someone whose heart is that you might have joy to the full? Think about it. Next time something happens, hang on, is my image of God that He's a killjoy or that He's actually a joy bringer? So God's heart is to bring joy. And, and I think that Christmas, it, it's a time for sharing that joy. That's what Christmas is about. And I think, like, there's been some progress made by the old generations. Like, if we think about it, every Christmas we get together and we sing these happy songs. Like, or we sing these carols together as the whole community gets together and without really knowing it, praises God and worships God and declares that, hey, there is joy, joy to the world. They sing it publicly. They sing it on TV. I think that joy is a t- uh, Christmas is a time for sharing God's joy. It says in Acts 4.32, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that they have. Hey, what do you have? I'd like to propose that you have the joy of the Lord. You have God's joy. Come on, at this Christmas, let's share God's joy with other people. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about getting together and sharing God's joy with other people. Let's share the joy this Christmas. I remember when we were in um, Taiwan, we used to kind of every Christmas, we'd get out on the street. And this one year, we went to this different part of town and we had, you know, maybe like a dozen of us. I think there's a couple of pictures that we might put up. And we had one guy dressed in, Dave Finn, if you know him, uh, dressed in like a dodgy Santa outfit. And what we were doing was just high-fiving people and giving them a flyer saying, hey, come to church this Christmas. And we we're like high-fiving and, and giving them um, high-fives as we went past here that you can see in demonstration. And... What, it was amazing what happened. People were starting to get really excited. Like people were like, hang on. Like people were walking in kind of sad and leaving with like this big smile. And then they were going in loops and coming back around. And we ended up having people lining up. I don't know if we can go back to the photo of the people getting a picture with Santa. But we, we ended up having a line of maybe 100 or 200 people for Santa photos. And some of the guys that were with us ended up being like little chauffeurs. They're like, yes, this way, line up here for the Santa photos. And, and people were just stoked. And I think it was just because we were sharing joy, that, that people kind of were on their way home from the, the job that they didn't love, living the life that maybe they didn't love. And some people were intentional about sharing God's joy with them. Come on, how much should we be excited and motivated to share God's joy with other people? Let's be carriers of joy in our lives. And I think joy, it's a decision. It's a decision to step into it. Happiness is a feeling. Joy is a decision. No, I'm going to actually walk in joy today. I know for me, sometimes I wake up and I don't feel like 
Yay! You know, I don't know if anyone else, sometimes you wake up and you just feel a little bit down. But I've really challenged myself that, no, when I get up, if I feel like that, whether it's in the shower, whether it's as I exercise, I'm going to step into joy today. I'm not going to let myself be a downer. I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to step into the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I've got to share it. It's not complicated. I'm just going to decide I'm going to step into joy. Come on, church. Let's be carriers of joy this Christmas. Let's be the most joyful people in our workplace, okay? You are now commissioned as the most joyful person in your workplace. And this is not about some fake walk in. Hey! It's not about that. It's, it, you know what it is. It's this inner joy. Like, it's all good. It's going to be okay. Come on. It's a good time of year. It's that, it's that, like, just being confident in the joy that you have. And then when we do that, let's, let's share it because it's for sharing, right? We've got access to this amazing joy. What a shame it would be if we were to just keep that to ourselves, if we were just to keep that for Sunday services. Come on, let's actually share the joy that we found in Jesus. I love what it says in Acts 22, 14 to 15. It says, Then he said, The God of our ancestors has handpicked you to be briefed on his plan of action. You've actually seen the righteous, innocent, and heard him speak. You are, the key, you are to be a key witness to everyone you meet of what you've seen and what you've heard. I love that. I love it saying you're all called to be a witness. Now that's a very, I think we've churchified that word a little bit. We've made it a bit Christianese, the word witness. But when you think about a witness in in a court setting, what do they do? They share what they've seen happened, right? If, if I was to, if I saw a car accident happen um, and they asked me to come to court to testify, what they wouldn't ask me to do is explain how a Toyota Camry works. They wouldn't be like, explain a Toyota Camry. No, they would say, what did you see happen? And I'd say, old mate, didn't break, straight into him, whatever I saw happen. That's, it's, it's simple to be a witness, right? I don't know, somehow over time, it's like being a witness in church is like, you've got to know all your scriptures. You've got to be able to out-argue an atheist. You've got to be able to do all these weird things where it's like, no, 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 we're just called to share what we've seen God do. So the question is, what have you seen God do? What has God done in your life? What is your story? And it could be simple as, I was really sad and then I started to go into church and then I found that I found this real joy that seems to go with me in every season that I'm actually in. I was actually really down in the dumps, but now I've found in Jesus this hope that just seems to, to never leave me. You know, when people are asking, well, how can you be so positive about it? Well, because I, was, I used to be really negative and I used to be really worried all the time, but then I just, I just you know, as I started following Jesus, that all change? What have you seen God do in your life? What's your story? Come on, share it with the joy of the Lord. Live, live this lifestyle of joy, of bringing joy to the people around you. And I guess the final thing I want to encourage us with as we come into this Christmas season is that something we say a bit at New Hope is there's, there's always space at our table. There's always space at our table. Um, I love a few weeks ago when we had after parties, we went to Grilled and we took a significant number of people <laughs> to Grilled after service. I don't know, there would have had to have been like 30 or 40 people and the poor Grilled workers are just like ready for a chill Sunday night and we're like, hey! Um, and we actually, we like had filled the restaurant from left to right, their longest table, and it was so full and all the tables were full 
full to the point that these like, you know, when they have like the half bench seat, half table, that people were sitting on the bench seat with no table in front of them. And then someone else was sitting opposite them at a chair with no table in front of them. And they're just kind of sitting, I think it was me and Micah, just kind of sitting knee to knee, like, how you going? And like eating food off the side of it. But I think it kind of shows this principle that we really believe there's always more room at our table. That, that this is not just about us, that we're always going to create space for more people, that more people are always welcome at what we're doing, whether it's an after party, whether it's a church service, whether it's the Christmas spectacular, we're always going to create space for more people. And I really believe that an open house is a full house. If we can be open, and I believe that's who we are, we're, we're called to reach people um, no matter what their age is, no matter nationality or family background. We really believe that, we, and we really want to see those people come in and feel welcome no matter what their story is. Because an open house is a full house, and there's always more room at our table. It doesn't matter if people believe different things. It doesn't matter if people express their lives in a different way to us. There's always more room at our table. And, and I really believe that's what we're called to be as a church. And, and I want to encourage us, like, I really, I, I really do believe that this is just the start of what God's doing. Um, even just in the 6 p.m. service, I really think that God's doing something new and that this is just the beginning. And, and I want to encourage you as we come through this season of Christmas and we, we start next year, would you start to get a vision for what church could be like? Could you start to get a vision of what a full house would look like? The church I was a part in, of in Asia, they started with 10 people. And, and now they've got thousands and thousands of people over like 20 years, which is not a long time. They went from 10 to thousands. And I just really think that, that, that we can have that too. And I really want to see that too. And not because it's about having this big thing, but I think because God sees every person as important. And we want to always create more room at our table for people to come and experience the joy that we found in Jesus. Come on, let's get a big vision. I want to encourage you, let's get a vision to see your friends meet Jesus. Like, I hope that you actually have a vision for that. And, and I'm not... I'm not shame, shame if you don't, but maybe tonight you could even start to get a vision to see your friends meet Jesus. Uh, because I think we're called to do, to be so much more than just we create this little hangout for us. You know, I think we're actually called to reach people who don't yet know Jesus. We're called to let people out there that don't have joy know that there's actually this joy that they can have access to. Come on, let's get a vision to see that happen. Let's get a vision to see God do something powerful in our workplaces. Let's get a vision and see God do something powerful in our families. Come on, even as we're together with our family at Christmas, let's really be praying that God would give us opportunities to talk to those that maybe don't know Him yet and not in a weird kind of way, but to simply share with Him the joy that we found in Jesus. I hope that you're excited about that. And I think the key is, the key is for us corporately is to have an open door. I'm talking about Paul in Rome and Acts in, while he's in Rome in Acts 28, 30 to 31. It says, Paul lived for two years in his rented house. And I love this. It says, he welcomed everyone who came to visit. visit. He urgently presented all matters of the kingdom of God or, or, or what God is doing. He urgently presented that to them. He explained everything about Jesus Christ. His door was always open. Isn't that beautiful? His door was always open. Come on, church, let's be a church where our door is always open. 
And not, not, I'm not talking about physically here, but when we're out in, in our day-to-day lives, our door is always open. We're always ready to have a conversation with someone. We're always ready to encourage somebody. We're always ready to love on somebody because our door is always open. And I love it says that. It says he urgently presented all these matters. And, and this is urgent. Hey, like there's people in, in our worlds that are hurting. You and I, we both, there's people close to us that I really believe God's entrusted us with and they're hurting. And, and it's part of what we're called to do is to let them know that there's actually a solution for the pain that they're facing, that there's actually healing and wholeness for their brokenness, that there's actually joy where they might be depressed, that there's actually hope where they feel like they might be hopeless, that there's actually a love that accepts them exactly how they are but also a love that is so good that it won't leave them that way, that it's going to transform their life into what they only ever could imagine. Come on, there's some urgency to this. We need to let people know. I might just get the team to join me um, just as I'm kind of wrapping up. Because I think it's good news. We actually know where to find this joy. It's in, it's in God. And can I just encourage us? I mean, just really specifically, if I can just, you know, little chat here. Come on, at Christmas, let's really live on mission. You know, it's, it's about family, that's great. But also, again, people are more open than ever to coming to, Christmas, uh, coming to church at Christmas time. Statistically, just generally in Australia, it's actually almost one in two people say that they would attend a church if they were asked by a friend, a close friend or a family member. That's, that's 2021. I think it's Barna Research studied a whole bunch of people and they asked them, would you go to church if a close, or, a close friend or family member invited you along to it this Christmas? And almost one it was like 40% of people said yes. And the thing that increased their chance of yes was if I knew it was important to them, I would go. Come on, I want to encourage us. Who are we, who are we inviting this Christmas? Who are we inviting? And, and, and our, I guess, um, our, as a church, we're really determined that we're going to present the good news about Jesus in a, in a non-cringy way, in a way that you can bring your friend to and they're actually going to have a really good time. And your, what you believe is going to be able to be displayed to them in a fresh and compelling way. So I want to encourage us. That's our commitment that as, that as a church, as we're doing events, we're not just doing them for events sake. We're actually doing them so that people would come and kind of start to understand and maybe start to even get hope and maybe even start to get a bit of vision for their life that, that it's not over, that, that God's actually really for them, that, that God wants to move in their life also, that, that even though they might feel like they're far away from God, that He's actually not far away from them. So come on, who are we? inviting people are open. I love what it says in Luke 14, 23. It says the master told his servant, they're having this banquet and, and all these people like, they can't come. They all hit not going on Facebook. And, and he says, he told his, his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Come on, God's plan for this house is for it to be a full house. That's God's plan for this house, is for it to be a full house, a full house of people whose lives are changed by Jesus. And, and I want to encourage you, get on your heart. Who can I invite this Christmas? And don't, don't just think, don't just think, oh, you know, who's, 
who's a good person or who who maybe is close to being a Christian anyway. And definitely don't think, which of my friends go to other churches that I could invite? Now, come on, this place is going to be a place that's full of people who've had their lives transformed by Jesus in here. We're not looking to attract people from other churches. We're looking to reach people who haven't been reached yet. We're looking to share the good news with people who haven't heard it yet. We're looking to see people encounter Jesus who didn't even know that they could encounter Jesus. That's what we're all about. God's plan is for this to be a full house. You know, in that story, they went to get the poor and the beggars, the rejected and the hurt. Come on, let's be doing the same. Who looks the least likely in your life to accept an invite to Jesus? Why don't you start to get some passion? And I'm going to ask that person, you know what? What's, what's the worst that can happen? I'll tell you, they might say no. That might be the worst that happens and you move on like normal. Come on, I think that's a risk worth taking. That someone who might be hurting and broken could find joy. I'm, really, I'm willing to risk it. I'm willing to risk it that they might say no. Come on, I'm excited about it. I want to just encourage us. Let's get that, let's get that heart. And, you know, I guess really our vision for next year, the phrase we've put around it is, is just about God ready to work now. That, that what God is doing, it's a now thing. Sometimes we can talk about what God does in the future, but what we're going to be really focusing on next year is that God's actually moving now, that God's doing powerful things now, that this is our moment now, that this isn't, we'll wait till next Christmas when we feel a bit better. No, this is the moment that we have. Come on, let's seize that moment. Let's seize that opportunity. Let's invite people to hear the good news about Jesus this Christmas. We're going out into the roads, into the country lanes. Starting this Christmas, that's what we're doing. We're answering our Master's call to go and to bring people so that the house might be full. So come on, let's get ready to share it. God wants to send us. And, and I guess what God's waiting for is, is, is just for some people to actually say, yes, like I'm talking about this a lot, but this will achieve nothing unless some of us actually say, that's me. I'm going, to make the, I'm going to make a decision this evening that I'm actually going to invite some people this Christmas or that I'm actually just going to be a bit more open with my faith around some people this Christmas. I love what it says in Romans 10, 14. It says, as it says in the Bible, the Lord God will save everyone who asks for help. Isn't that good news? He'll save everyone who asks for help. Everyone. Good people? Yes. Bad people? No. Uh, yes. <laughs> no. Contradicting myself. He will save Everyone, that's good news. But then it goes on and says, but, but people will never ask Christ to help them if they've not believed in Him. And they'll never believe in Him if they've not heard about Him. And this is where we come in and they will not hear about Him unless somebody tells God's message to them. And, and nobody can go tell God's message to people unless God sends them. But I love it. It says, and this is written in the Bible. When people arrive to tell good news, we say, welcome. It's saying people aren't going to be upset when they find that there's actually joy for their life. When they have their life transformed by Jesus, they're not going to be like, oh, I can't believe you asked me to church. They're going to say, thank you so much for inviting me to find the source of all my needs. Thank you. I was hopeless. I was broken. I was hurting, but you invited me. Thank you for doing that to me. That's what your friend's response is are going to be. And it's saying, but how can we go unless God is sent by us? And I think what God's waiting for us to do is just to say, God, send me. God, use me this Christmas. Would you send me? Would you use me, God? That's what God's waiting for. God's not like got this list of requirements before He sends you. No, He's just waiting to see who's willing. 
He's waiting to see who puts their hands up. God is not concerned about how talented you are. He's just looking for availability. He's looking for you to say, that's me. I'm going to take a risk this Christmas. I'm going to ask somebody to come to Christmas Beck in two weeks. Simple presentation of the Gospel, full of joy. Come on, who is willing to say, God, send me. God, use me. It requires this response of, I will follow you. I will trust you. I'm actually going to do this. And just as we kind of wrap up, um, I just, I really think that this comes from a, a fresh kind of feeling of the Holy Spirit, a fresh firing of the Holy Spirit. I know for me, when I really feel like God's doing something, when, when I get that fresh kind of feeling from God, it's like, I just get excited about my faith, man. It's like, I want to just like walk out there and start telling people like, I want to go to Walton stores tonight and be like, hey, you guys want to come to church at Christmas? Or like, you guys want to come to Christmas back? It's going to be awesome. Maybe we should take some flyers down. Maybe we should. Let's do that. Come on, let's invite some people. But like, it comes from this, the Holy Spirit actually kind of rekindling this fire within me and, and getting this fresh boldness and this fresh conviction and this fresh excitement about sharing my faith. In Acts 2, Peter, who's um, kind of the guy in the story, what happens is he gets filled with the Holy Spirit and then he gets up and he starts boldly preaching about Jesus. Now, preaching, again, it's just talking about Jesus. We're not, we don't have to get up on a platform and hold a mic. No, it's just sharing what we've seen Jesus do. He gets up and he starts talking about how good Jesus is. And it says, it says, and that day over 3,000 were added to that number. What happened? He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He started telling people about Jesus and something incredible happened in one day. And then it goes on, it says, and daily people were being added to their number. 